Good morning, Origins. Uh, as you know, things are a little bit different this week. Uh, we are coming to you from the living room of some friends and family of, of Origins. And so for the next few weeks, it's probably going to look something like this. Uh, thank you for taking time to tune in. Thank you for being a part of family and uh, just making this a part of your day. Hopefully, uh, we're all worshiping around the same time, maybe Sunday morning, maybe Sunday afternoon. And so before we get started, I'll ask you to do something. Um, go ahead and grab your Bibles. I'll give you a couple seconds to do that because we're not going to have Scripture on the screen this week. So if you want to follow along, uh, it would be best if you had your Bibles with you. And so while you're doing that, I will give you an update on how things are going just for the church in general. Uh, it looks like we will not be back in the old cigar warehouse for several weeks, um, maybe not until May. Um, right now, the, the city of Greenville is telling us probably May 10th would be the earliest that we'll get back in there. So uh, we just kind of need to be prepared to, to let this be our normal for a while. Um, if you've kept up with the weekly emails, then you've seen that um, one of our statements that we're making is this does not change who we are. Uh, it just kind of changes how we do things for a little while. We're still exactly who we've always been. Uh, we're still a church in downtown Greenville, for downtown Greenville, that exists to make disciples who love God, love one another, and love the city. Uh, so we're going to be doing that uh, scattered for a while. Community groups will also be scattered for a while. We're working on digital means to keep everyone connected. We will probably use Zoom or another similar platform. You should be hearing from your community group leaders soon. Um, and so, again, it's not going to be normal, uh, but it's going to be the way that we're going to do things for a while, and it's important and it's vital. Uh, so let's continue to pursue the things that are, that are important, that are vital, like family, uh, like relationships that push us towards Jesus and keep us from sin. So thank you for doing that. Hopefully everybody's back. Uh, you have your Bibles. We're going to be looking at one verse this morning. Uh, we are continuing in our Let Us Pray series, um, and there was the temptation and the urge to change this and to kind of deviate from where we are based upon the coronavirus and the COVID-19 issues that are going around. Um, but to be honest, like looking through this text, especially where we land today, I don't think there's a better place for us to be. Um, over the past few weeks, we've been just addressing this idea that um, for people that didn't grow up in the church and even for people that did, prayer is this contentious issue that we don't necessarily understand it. Um, we've we may have never really thought about it well. And so over the past couple of weeks, we've just been looking through Matthew chapter six when Jesus is actually laying it out, what it means to pray. Um, the first couple of weeks, we looked at a couple do not statements. It was odd that Jesus chose to, to teach about prayer in the form of two do not statements, but he did. In Matthew chapter six, five through eight, um, he basically gave us two warnings. He said, first, uh, when you pray, don't pray like the hypocrites or the super religious. Don't pray as though your audience is the people around you. Pray that uh, you understand that your audience is God and God alone. And pray to him in secret from a personal place. And he'll hear you in the same way. That was his first warning. His second warning is when you pray, don't pray like the pagan Gentiles that you've seen who uh, they will heap up mounds of empty words and they will repeat chants after chance to any God that may hear, trying their hardest to establish a connection that they can't possibly do. Um, and Jesus said, no, don't be like them, verse 8, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. And He's letting them know it's, it's not about um, repeating things, begging for God to hear you. No, that connection's already been established through Jesus and by grace. And so we have that connection, and so now we get to pray with that connection in place. And then after that, in verse 9, he says, pray like this, or when you pray, this is how you should pray. And the rest we call the Lord's Prayer. We started by looking at it last week, and 
I think even before we continue today to look at the one verse that we're going to look at, I want to remind us of what last week really was talking about. Last week was telling us, if we look at those first couple of verses of the Lord's Prayer, it was reminding us of what our position needs to be when we pray. Um, and there were three of those that we discussed. The first is when we pray, we pray from a place of a child to his father or her father. Um, and so, because it starts off, our father in heaven. And so we speak like a child to their father, the father that we know, a personal relationship. Second is not just a child to his father or her father, but a child to his or her father that's also the king. And so there's reverence that's attached to that because uh, while God is our heavenly father, he's not just like our dad here. He's more than. He created everything. He, he made us. He gave us life. Uh, he granted us salvation through Jesus. And so there's some reverence that's attached. And so that means a lot like we find even in the second warning that we weigh our words. Um, we, we monitor what we say. We know what we say. It affects what we say, how we say it, the posture from which we're saying it. And so we come to God with reverence. The third um, is we come to God in this place of humble submission because it says your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not only are we a child praying to our father personally, are we uh, a child praying to our father who is also the king, so we do it with reverence, but also we understand that all of this is his, his plan, his, his heaven that we're trying to recreate here in earth by living out uh, his will, uh, but it's all his. And so humbly, we submit to what is his. And we are doing our best through prayer to align our will with his. There are two wills that are always going to be involved with prayer, ours and God's. And the hope is that they become one. So ours needs to bend or yield or become like his. And today, after those two verses, we get to this one line in the middle of prayer, in the middle of the Lord's Prayer, and it just says, give us this day, verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. So it's the first time that we see like a petition in the Lord's Prayer um, or a prayer that Jesus is using to teach us how we should pray or the attitude in which we should pray. And the first thing that strikes me before we even really get to teaching about what this means is, man, a majority of our prayers consist of a list of petitions. But here it takes half of the prayer that Jesus is using to teach from to even get the, the disciples and those others that were following at the time to a place to where they began to ask for something. And it's this simple phrase in verse 11. It says, give us this day our daily bread. And so I want to go ahead and point out a couple things really quickly. Uh, he uses this idea of daily bread, the, the syntax or the makeup of this statement. Uh, it can be translated in one of two different ways, but the meaning is about the same. To, but to go ahead and get that out, it could mean give us the bread that we need for today, or it could be give us the bread that we need for tomorrow or the next 24 hours. So either way, it's asking for something specific, and there's actually a, a very short window or a time frame attached. And I want to talk today about what that means. Uh, I'm going to pray with us before we jump in and read through this. Um, and I would ask that you pray too. I would ask that you take just a moment um, just to kind of ask God to speak to you today and so that you can hear. I know that this is not ideal. Um, I know that it's not normal, um, but it's what we have right now. And we're going to thrive in it. And we're going to do our best to function in it. So I'm going to give you a minute to pray and then I'll pray and we'll continue. God, we thank you for your word. Um, we thank you for the teachings of Jesus in which he just comes out and says, this is how uh, you pray. Uh, Father, I pray as a people today that are seeking after you, that are trying to be aligned with your will, uh, that are trying to 
to echo your very heart. God, I pray that we would hear your words. I pray that your spirit would direct each one of us as to how we need to respond when it comes to prayer, um, how we need to approach you, uh, what are the things that we need to ask for, how do we ask for them, all of these things that swirl through our mind when we think about prayer. And I pray within our Origins family and within the other families that may be represented today by people listening, God, I pray that you would teach us to be a people that pray to you, that humbly submit, that are talking to a king, but are also talking to our dad. Um, God, I pray that you would speak. Teach us what that means to pray. Uh, God, we love you. We thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this. And the first part of the petition that comes up is he says this in verse 11, give us this day or today or for the next 24 hours, our daily bread. Bread here is going to be, it's going to be literal, but it's also going to be metaphorical. Um, in the literal sense, if we go back and we look at the culture of this time, we have to understand that they ate bread every day. They weren't worried about gluten. Uh, they weren't keto. They weren't any of those things. A large majority of their sustenance came from their bread, uh, either bread or olive oil. And so, and even in the bread, there was olive oil. And so when he's saying bread here, everyone would know what, exactly what he was talking about. Give us this day or the next 24 hours or for tomorrow, the food that we need. And so it's quite literal here that he's teaching them, yes, pray for the food that you need. But in moving from that, it's also metaphorical that they would understand that bread is not just bread. It's not just uh, sustenance that they eat that goes into their stomach, supplies their body with what they need, but it also expand, extends to all of these other needs that they may have. And so I think part of the tension that we have when it comes to prayer is, um, number one, we, we ask the question, what is it? What is it for? And then sometimes we may even feel guilty about asking God for things. But in this case, we see Jesus laying it out for his disciples, and he said, when you pray, pray like this, and he gets to the middle, and, and in there is just this statement, God, give us what we need. And so it kind of begs the question for us on a couple fronts of just um, the biggest question probably from this whole line is exactly that. Well, what do I need? What is it that I really need that I need to ask God for, pursue God, and, and kind of entreat Him to give me? Um, well, I think there are probably two categories that we'll get to, and, and they're going to be the, the tangibles and then probably the spiritual or the eternal. Um, but I, I want to put a couple caveats on that. The first thing that we need to see, even before we get to the tangibles, is that we're not going to say that God is a genie. Okay, by saying that we're just going to ask for things and God's going to give them to us, that's not necessarily true. Um, but the other thing is we also have to acknowledge that these things shouldn't be a source of worry for us either. And so the truth, like a lot of things, rests somewhere in between. God's not a genie who's just going to drop things on us when we ask for him. But at the same time, it's not something that we should dwell on and worry about. And so the first thing I want us to look at is like the literal things. What are the literal things that we need, the tangibles? I think for us, bread or whatever your gluten-free uh, keto substitute for bread may be, yeah, we need that. We need food. And it's okay to ask God for that. It's okay to say, God, yes, uh, I, I do need to eat. Um, you know, for me, if I was translating this, if this was my translation, it would be, uh, God, uh, give me this day my meat and potatoes. You know, for me, that would be my tangibles, the things that I need to physically sustain me. Um, but also there, there's money, uh, there's clothes, um, there's, there's a roof over our head. There's all these things. 
And I don't think it's a coincidence that just down in this exact same chapter, still in the Sermon on the Mount, almost probably in the same sermonic breath for Jesus, uh, in verse 25, he says, Therefore I tell you, this is chapter 6, verse 25, Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour of his span to the span of his life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Here's the reality of our circumstance. Uh, there are people, maybe you, and you're listening today. I've seen the grocery stores. <laughs> Uh, Abby went to the grocery store this morning and she sent me a picture of the shelves and the shelves in Publix, the deli department, and there were a few cheese sticks and some shredded cheese left. It's gone because people are worried. They're scared. They're, um, they're frightened about, are they going to be able to last? Is there going to be enough food? Is there going to be enough toilet paper? We're worried about those things. Um, I think there's a temptation to take this passage and, and make it sound like, well, I'm going to pray for this. Um, and, and God's just going to do it. But the question we kind of have to go back to is this, what do I really need? Do I need 84 rolls of toilet paper? Probably not. Um, do I need six pounds of sliced turkey? Probably not, but what, what do I need? But then we balance that out with this, this passage that we just read, and, and Jesus is just telling his followers, telling his disciples in his own words, don't worry, I will take care of you. Maybe that's what you need to hear. Maybe today, like now, maybe, maybe that's the biggest thing we need to hear is that God desires to take care of his children. Wherever you are, wherever you're sitting, if we have been bound to God by Jesus, by confessing our sin, turning from that, uh, turning to Jesus because he's better, and trusting that Jesus and his life, his death, his words, his resurrection can make us right with God, we can know that God's going to take care of us. He's going to provide. It may not look exactly like we think that it should, but he's going to provide. And the illustrations he uses in verses 25 and on about the birds of, of the air, the flowers of the field, man, they're dramatic. They're drastic. And he's not just saying, I'm going to take care of you a little, but I'm going to take care of you a lot. And so today, the, the literal things, we have to understand that, that he's going to provide. But again, we're balancing that out with the idea that God is not a genie. Um, we don't just pray for it and it happens. Um, but there are some things attached in Exodus 16 and 4 in which all of the people probably would have been thinking about if they were Jewish when he read this text or when he, when he said this out loud, they would have immediately gone back to the Exodus. They would have gone back to the Israelites wandering in the desert. And in chapter 16, verse 4 in Exodus, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you. 
And the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them, whether they will walk in my law or not. So even though, yes, God is promising that he's going to take care of us, he's not saying that there might not be work involved. And so in this next little while or whatever stage you're in in life, whatever stage I'm in in life, yes, God will provide, but he's not saying that he's going to provide apart from our labor for it. And in Proverbs 14, 23, it says, work benefits profit or work brings profit, but mere talk leads to poverty. And so just like the, the Israelites that were wandering in the desert, even though God supplied the bread, they still had to go out and gather it every single day. Yes, in this next little while, uh, we may be told we can't go out a whole lot, but there are still things that we can do in order to make these happen. God is going to provide a way for us to be taken care of, and we can trust in that. I love this idea that, that God provides, and he just, man, expects us to go and, and gather. Man, whatever your worry is today, um, I do believe this, and this is not a fairy tale. This is scripture from Jesus' mouth to us, to our hearts. God will provide. God will provide the tangibles. The second category of need for us, if we're looking at bread kind of more metaphorically, is the eternal or the intangibles, you know, things like guidance. We look at uh, scripture, it tells us that the spirit of God that is granted to us as a result of salvation, our seal will be our guide. He will, he will guide us through things. He will teach us. He'll, he'll uh, even convict us of sin when we're going in the wrong place. So we need guidance. Uh, we need wisdom. Man, James 1 is this beautiful text talking to the church, probably the, the earliest book written to the church in the New Testament, and it's talking to them about the trials and the tests that they're going to go through. Um, and I, I don't believe, I'm not one of these guys that believes that every difficulty is a test from God or a trial from God. I think we live in a broken world, and sometimes just, man, bad things happen, and we live in those. We live in a fallen world. But there are other things in which God is going to do to test us, to refine us, uh, to produce patience and wisdom and all of those things. James chapter 1 is talking about that. It gets to verse 5 and it says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world and they are unstable in everything they do. Here's the other thing that's added to this thing of asking of God. If we're going to ask, we need to believe. If we're going to take time to put this into our prayer, this petition, if we're starting from the place of a child to their father, in which they know personally, a child who is speaking to their father that they know personally, who was also the king, and then from a place of humble submission, if we start there, it's going to grow our faith to such a place that when we ask, we believe that a good God is going to take care of his children, so ask in faith. And in this case, one of these intangibles or one of these eternals is wisdom. Man, I think it's incredibly applicable for us today. Like some of us are just wondering, why is this happening? What is going on? What do I do? How do I take care of my family? How do I keep my business going? Um, how do I make sure that my kids are learning everything that they need to learn while we're trying our best to homeschool them and lose our hair at the same time? Man, I think in this case, it's, it's a perfect time to say, God, show me what you want. Teach me what you want. It's probably one of our biggest needs at the moment is just wisdom. Wisdom is not knowledge that we gain from experience. Wisdom is knowledge that we gain uh, from our lack of experience by grace. 
It's God's knowledge that he will supplant in us or give us. And right here in James, it just says, if you need wisdom, if any of you lacks wisdom, let them ask of God who gives to all willingly without reproach or without rebuke. But when we do it, ask and believe that he's going to answer. Man, probably just like several of you, like I talked about a little while ago, a lot of us are just worried. We're scared. We, we don't know what's coming next. And I think to that, the answer is we need to ask God, God, what, what do we do? What do I do? And expect to hear. I think James is very clear too. And he says, but when you ask, make sure that you believe that God's going to answer. Because if not, a person with, like this is divided. Their loyalty is divided and is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world and they are unstable in everything they do. If we're going to ask of God, we need to believe that it's God who's going to provide. He's going to show away. Man, I think one of the other intangibles that we talk about frequently is, is we need salvation. You know, hopefully this has preceded all of these other things. Hopefully this has preceded all of these other thoughts. Hopefully you've asked for salvation. If you haven't, you can. If you haven't, you can. Shoot us an email. We'd love to, to set up a virtual chat. We'll use Zoom or whatever we need to just to talk to you about what it means to have salvation. It's, it's real, it's clear, um, and it's, it's for now. Jesus says if, if anyone would confess their sins and call on Jesus as Lord, they will be saved. They'll be saved, and we'd love to tell you more about that. I think in this time, too, some of those intangible needs is we just, man, we need stronger faith, just like James is saying here, too. Like, if we're going to ask of God, we need to believe that He can deliver what we're asking. If not, don't ask, because we're not going to receive anything. Maybe, maybe some of us, our faith is just incredibly weak. Maybe we've never been through a time in which uh, there has been testing to build my faith, to, to push me to rely on God further. Maybe, maybe now's that time. Maybe now's that time when you just can confess to God out loud through prayer and just say, God, I, I don't know what I believe. Help me with my unbelief. We've seen that in Scripture. It's okay to cry out to God and say, God, I, I want to believe you, but I just, I'm struggling. Confess. Ask of God. Build my faith. Grow my faith. Help me to understand what it means to trust you. Man, maybe, maybe it's hope. Maybe the need is hope. Um, read a story recounted by R.C. Sproul, great theologian, pastor, writer, and this was after the Korean War. And so very much, the Korean War was very much like the Vietnam War, uh, several other wars that we've seen. After the war, the wake of it left a ton of orphans, and these orphans had seen the worst of war. Uh, they had seen the poverty, they had seen the lack of food, they had seen their parents die, and now they were just left in these orphanages. Many aid companies or aid agencies came to, to assist and try to figure out what to do about all the orphans. And at one point, R.C. Sproul was interviewing one of these aid workers and they went into an orphanage. Man, I love this. They went into an orphanage and these kids were just so worried. Uh, they didn't know what they would have the next day. So they instructed all the nurses every night to go to each child and just place a piece of bread in their hands at bedtime. And so they would go to sleep holding on to that bread. And that bread wasn't for eating. That bread was like a safety blanket or a security blanket. That bread was to remind them that tomorrow when they woke, they would have what they needed. Man, maybe you need to hear it today. 
Today, God, give us this day or the next 24-hour period. Give us our daily bread. Give us the things that we need. Give us hope. Maybe you just need that piece of bread in your hand to hold on to. Maybe you don't need to eat it, but maybe you just need to be reminded that tomorrow it will be there. It will be there. Not because of me, not because of you, but because of the goodness of our Father, the goodness of God that longs to take care of his children, longs to be the best dad that we'll ever see. That's how we can come to him as a child. That's how we can approach him as a child to a father who's also the king. That's how we can approach him with humble submission. And in this place, for hope, for literal bread, for salvation, for peace, for wisdom, for clothes, for a roof over our head, now we can approach him now we can approach him from a place of humble dependence. Give us this day our daily bread. I think it's really interesting that when Jesus is teaching the disciples to pray here, uh, he's not teaching them to pray for the next 10 years, not teaching them a prayer that they can utter of, God, take care of me for the next decade. No, because in this, he's also telling them, you need to believe that God does have your day after tomorrow, that God does have your next week that God does have your next 90 days. And you can trust him to such a degree that when you go to him with your needs, you don't even worry about those. You're not even concerned with those. You just say, hey God, give me what I need today because I know you've got the next day and the next day. Humble dependence. I know, like we confessed last week and like we put out there, I know that a lot of us did not have the dads that we could depend on to even be there tonight. But God says, I'll be with you always. I'll be with you in mission. I'll be with you in love. I'll be with you in loss. Today, we can trust God with today. We can trust God with tomorrow and we can trust God with next week. So it begs the question, is that where we are? Are we in a place that we can confess that God, I wanna humbly depend on you? Because if you're not there, we'd love to have a conversation this week. We'd love to talk to you about what it means to get there, what it means to trust God with our today, our tomorrow, and the rest, and just be able to plainly say, Thank you, Dad, for taking care of me. Just give me what I need today. Give me what I need today. And this is what I would encourage you to do. Man, uh, ask the question, what do I need? What do I really need? And go to God and ask for that. And I would encourage you not only go to God and ask for that, but I would encourage you to share it with the people that are in your life right now. Send a text message, send an email, make a phone call. Uh, walk out into your driveway and talk to your neighbor across the street. Give each other that six feet, if not more. But tell somebody else, hey, this is what I'm asking God for right now. What are you asking God for right now? What do you need? Um, because I think in sharing our needs with each other, man, there's accountability there. There's faith bolstering across the community. There's so many things. Over the course of the next few weeks, as community groups get started back in the new way that we're going to do I would even encourage you in that group this week. There's going to be some questions that are related just to, 
to say, hey, this is what I told God that I needed this week. This is what I asked for. Share those things. Share those things. Um, and I'll go ahead and tell you, sometimes the other part of our faith is sometimes we ask God for something that we don't need. And he gives us what we need instead. And I think we need to trust him in that too. So maybe even share that experience. I think that would be great. Uh, thank you guys for spending some time with us this morning. Um, I pray that you tune back in next week. Uh, we're going to keep the process moving. We may refine it a little bit, but we can promise you that each week uh, we're going to be on the same page. We're going to be going after the same thing. Um, if you have any needs during this time, feel free to email us or text me or Abby. Our email address is originsgreenville at gmail.com. Um, if there's something too big that uh, is bigger than you can handle, we would love to see if we can help you. Um, if you're out of toilet paper, we'll be glad to drop some on your doorstep. We'll do whatever we can. Um, but let's be family during this time. Let's be intentional about who we are and what our identity is. Um, and if you're struggling, if you feel isolated, if you feel alone, um, if you are an extrovert that's not getting to spend time around people and you don't know what to do with yourself, uh, give us a call. We'll see if we can put some voices on the line to cheer you up or do whatever. If you, if you feel isolated to the point that you don't know what's next, call us. Uh, if there's a need, let us know. We want to be there for you. Um, and over the next few weeks, I would encourage you too to think, about, uh, to think about what your neighbor needs and to even seek God on their behalf. If you have this need, there's a good chance that they do too. And even begin to pray on the behalf of our neighbors, our coworkers, our families. Um, and let's expect God to do great things in the midst of this crazy time. Thank you guys for this morning. We love you. I'm going to pray. Um, and then we'll dismiss, so to speak. God, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for time. Um, and God, we thank you for the technology that allows us to be together today. I pray that you would continue to speak to us and guide us on, on what it looks like to pray. Um, you would even guide us as to what it means to, to seek you for what we need, just for the now and the next little while. I pray that you would give us the trust to pray the simple prayer of God, just provide my needs for today and I'll trust you for the rest. Um, God, continue to speak to your people. God, continue to protect our homes and our neighborhoods and those that are around us. And God, we, we thank you for taking care of us. We thank you for being a loving father who wants to take care of his kids. And it's in his son's name we pray. Amen.